When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to Brave the Wild. With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's nice to be back on board. I am a day late today with Brave the Wild because yesterday I attended the funeral of Neil Nate Dog Thiesing on the, the typical Saturday morning for Brave the Wild. So usually that's when I would record the show and that's when the funeral was taking place. Uh, Saturday afternoon, had to get ready, get going, and uh, well, paid my last respects to uh, a great friend and uh, occasional co-host of this show. Some of you that have been listening to the show for for many years, it's now almost 10 years old already, uh, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing has been a part of the show uh, off and on. Uh, obviously, people have their busy schedules, their odd schedules. I mean, I work second shift. I have to catch up with games, this and that, but then and on. We all have our different schedules, different time. Well, we live a little bit far away from each other. Not the farthest thing ever, but far enough. Uh, this and that. So, And, of course, he's maybe doing something else uh, at times. And, of course, uh, once I moved out to Brooklyn Park, I usually have to record this show on Saturday morning, which I think would be pretty much out of the question for Neil most of the time. But maybe I could have done some uh, segments. Uh, and I wish I did. You know, some some just, just record a segment with him sometime during the week and then... Put it on the show. That could have been very doable. And I just, you know, I have many regrets. Uh, you cherish your friends. You cherish your family. I mean, it's just, you, you got to because you just don't know. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know how much time you have. And uh, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing uh, passed away on Wednesday night. Uh, succumbed to the uh, brain damage and all that that took place after the cardiac arrest uh, that happened last uh Friday night, last Friday night it took place. Not this recent one, but the last one before the Super Bowl, all that. Um, and the blood flow just wasn't enough. It didn't get to his brain, and it caused it caused damage, and that ultimately is what uh, caused uh, Neil's death. And uh, I missed him very much already. I uh, cried yesterday about probably more than I have in 25 years. I just It just really hit me hard. And at the funeral, I didn't cry at all. Uh, I just... You know, because for some reason, I don't know, when I'm around people, it's like I lock up. I, I just, but then when I was by myself, I had, I had a chance to, to, uh, to release, basically, is what you could call that. And, uh, you know, I, I miss him very much. Uh, he's a great, 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 great friend. And certainly uh, a lot more than just a, uh, a, a occasional co-host of this show. Uh, a shame that a lot of you didn't get to uh, know more about him than maybe, than maybe you did. Um, some people listening right now are probably family members, uh, friends of Neil Thiesing, and welcome on board the show. Welcome on board listening. Uh, I'm going to get into the regular podcast in, a, in, a, in about a minute here, and at the end of the show, I'll have a bit of a Neil uh, retrospective of this show at the end. Now, it's just a section. I, I, I'm going to do a bigger one at some point later on, but uh, for now, I have some pieces from the 2011 uh, State of the Wild, just some, some little highlights, some fun conversation and just shows his personality, this and that. So that's where we'll kind of wrap up the show at the end. So if you're here mostly just to hear that, uh, just forward through to the last five, 
five minutes or so, five, six minutes, something like that, and it'll get caught up. It's about three to four minutes long, the uh, retrospective, so if you're only here to listen to that, you're welcome to just forward through to that section. Otherwise, let's uh, transition to the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, uh, a horrible loss by the Wild <clears throat> on Saturday. Did not represent, uh, <laughs> did not did not uh, play well for Neil on that game uh, Saturday the third. I got to tell you, but then again, they don't they don't know what's going on. Obviously, they're just playing a game um, in Dallas, Texas. The uh, the Wilds uh, success rate in Dallas not so good uh, historically. They it had been a little better the last couple games. Apologize, I'm just kind of recollecting myself here after the sadness. Um, how to do what you can, right? Uh, six to one loss though in Dallas. Not a good game. I don't really even want to talk all that much about it. To be quite honest, I want to focus on some of the other games, including the Arizona game, which is really frustrating, but a couple of nice wins against St. Louis and Chicago. That's nice. But, of course, Dallas, a team we're competing with for the uh, top wildcard spot. Luckily, the Wild are in the uh, bottom wildcard spot at a bare minimum. Ja, Jason Zucker is the only guy to score for the Wild at the end of the day. Other than that, uh, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, <laughs> Stephen, uh, Stephen Johns, Matty John Mark, but midway through the second period, was able to get the scoring started. To think this was a 0-0 game until literally about halfway through the game, and for it to turn out the way it did, just disgusting, very sad. Um, it sucked. Uh, Alex Daylock got almost no protection in front of him. The team looked like they didn't even care. I, I don't know if that's like they didn't have their legs or they didn't care. I don't know what it was, but it's games like this are what make you sit down, and games like Arizona as well, when the Wild got a 3 nothing lead, and just kind of let things go. I, I don't know. Uh, the Wild would get more chances in that Arizona game. This one was just a frickin' floodgate type of situation. But again, games like this, games like Arizona, you're going to have crappy games even if you're a good team. But when it's like over and over and over again, and you're stuck in the bottom wild card, you start sitting down and asking, is it time to start trading people away? Uh, Eric Stahl could be a very valuable asset to a team looking to win a cup, like a, like a Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is absolutely a possibility. A Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that could trade uh, draft picks our direction to help get this franchise going in the right direction again. Yes, we're winning some games. We have a winning record. We've been making the playoffs. We even won a playoff series a couple of years ago. <laughs> but uh, since then, we can't even get out of the first round. And it's like... You know, and you're strapped with these stupid contracts. Uh, you know, you could say all you want about how good Ryan Suter is, how good Parisi is, but what were they thinking, for the love of God, with a 13-year contract? I mean, these guys are still signed for the next six years. How the heck can you survive? $13 million a year for the next six years? It's unbelievable. And yes, the actual money goes down. The money goes down to the player. But the cap hit does not go down. You see what I'm saying? The cap hit doesn't drop. The money drops when they get into their 40s. So that's nice, but no change on the cap hit. It's $13 million. Uh, You know, uh, that's too long. That's way too long. It's like 2024. 2024? I mean, that's insanity. For God's sake, what were they thinking? I mean, 40-year-old Parisi, 39-year-old uh, Suter, what good are they going to be at that point? They... Odds are Parisi won't even be playing anymore at that at that stage. He was planning on it, sure, but you can always plan on it. But you didn't expect a back injury. You didn't expect this. You expect that one freak injury after another. The, the puck off the skate. But then again, you kind of do expect some of that. That's hockey. Unfortunately, uh, you also saw Jonas Brodin go down with a broken hand. Uh, multiple players getting hit with the puck during the course of this week. Zucker took it to the knee pretty good last night against Chicago. He's back out there, but is in pain. Nikoivu, same thing against Chicago. Um, of course, Chicago is a bonus game this week. That's why I kind of blowing through the Dallas one and talking more about the uh, situation with the Wild in a sense. But um, yeah, it, it's just <laughs> you know, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to transition this show more into conversation instead of just game reviews. We can talk about the games, but not as much. I, I want to kind of transition it more into like every week is literally just talking about the team itself, the situation, what we're looking at, this and that. But no, Jonas Brodeen. It suffers a broken hand. Of course, Wild lose 6-1 to Dallas on the 3rd of February. We transitioned to the uh, 6th of February, 6-2 win over St. Louis. And that's when Jonas Brodeen hit with the puck along the way and has a broken hand. Unfortunately, successful surgery, yes, the next day on Wednesday. The day that, uh, unfortunately, the day that we'll go down is uh, Neil's last day on this earth, which is just heartbreaking, uh, February the 7th, Wednesday. Very late, though, like the last few minutes of that day, pretty much the later stages of that day. 
um, more than likely after the Wild won the game. Uh, not that that matters towards Neil at this stage, but I suppose in a positive way, uh, remarkable amount of uh, people at the funeral were wearing Wild jerseys. Some people were wearing Vikings, a couple Twins jerseys here and there. So the guy just loved the Wild. He loved sports in general, the Vikings, you know, even the Timberwolves as well. Um, so it's nice that they won it for him. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a nice little thing. Obviously, uh, you wish they knew him, this and that, but it is what it is. I'm glad the Wild won the game. Now back to the whole state of situation with Jonas Brodeen, of course, left shot defense when you're thinking, ooh, Susie Sealer time. But no, uh, you, you have to remember that Mike Riley and Gustav Olofsson are left shot defensemen. Now, even before... Brodeen got hurt. Uh, Olofsson had been stepping up a bit, had been improving, and I'd been calling him an NHL defenseman now, which I couldn't have said until the last few, till the last month or two. No, not two months. For the last month or so, or so, month and change, maybe six weeks, four to six weeks or so, it's become official that the Swedish-born but very American-sounding, you don't hear any accent in his voice, uh, one-year uh, stay in Colorado College. Gustav Olofsson looks like an NHL defenseman, and he had an awesome game. Uh, best game of his career, you could easily say, against St. Louis. He was outstanding. He's in position. He's good with the puck, this and that. He's knocking the puck away. He's making blocks. Uh, really like what Gustav Olofsson is becoming. He's becoming stronger, more confident out there. Uh, I even watched a video with him, that Becoming Wild thing, where he, that guy had some pretty cool workouts. and uh, it, it's, it's amazing what these guys do to say to prepare for the season because uh, obviously you know, a lot of those becoming wilds were during the summer months and all that so they weren't skating with the team or anything it was literally like summer months crazy the workouts these guys do uh i couldn't even attempt i mean i'd probably get hurt <laughs> so i gotta be careful i wish i could get in better shape would be like these guys uh amazing uh the way this game started it looked like the wild were dead in the water again because it was in st louis and this matchup has not been very very friendly to the wild 45 seconds in, Jaden Schwartz, one of their best players, of course, 16th goal of the year. And then, bada-bing, bada-boom, the Wild scores six unanswered goals. And finally, Dmitry Yashkin, Yashkin is able to score his fifth goal of the season past uh, Mr. Uh, Dubnik, who was stellar throughout the entire week. He faced a lot of good shots in the St. Louis game. Uh, I, again, Gustav Olsson was remarkable in the game. Uh, Dumba reaches 10 goals, double digits for the season. That's wonderful as he's climbing into the 30s now for points. That's great. Last year he had a career high in points of 35, and i got to think he's going to eclipse that if he can stay healthy. Uh, Marcus Foligno was able to stay with the play. Uh, Daniel Winnick kept getting the puck on that. Nice pass, by the way, but also the puck getting free, and Foligno staying with it, and that, those long arms, that reach is what helped him score. Niederreiter, obviously, was the goal, though, only about a minute after Schwartz's goal that kept the Wild rolling, and, of course, Gustav Olsson, third goal, or third assist of the season. Uh, Stahl keeping the puck in the zone, this and that. Olsson with a shot off the post. It was so close. Oh, I wish it went in for him. That would have been his first career NHL goal, as he'd scored in the AHL before, of course. Um, but then Nita Ryder able to stick with it, keep keep on the puck and put it in for his 14th of the season. So good on Nita Ryder there. And that was just absolutely huge because you fear that the floodgates were going to open the other direction, that St. Louis was going to start pounding the wild. And you're going against Carter Hutton, which is scary. I mean, Carter Hutton is one of the best goalies in the league right now. Uh, he's been phenomenal all season. Goals against average about one and a half. I mean, save percentage about 94. That's crazy. And yet the wild managed to just pepper the son of a gun in the first period. Luckily for Hutton, only three of those goals were against, but yeah, he only got, he only got one period of, uh, <laughs> only got one period in there of uh, minutes. So still, the goals against average is pretty putrid. That's a nine goals against average if you count the whole game there, obviously. Uh, go, nine goals against in, a, in an entire game there. So that's an awful game for uh, Carter Hutton and a wonderful game for the Wild. Uh, Hutton only faced <laughs> he only faced eight shots and stopped five. So, yeah, not quite the great game for him. Jake Allen, oh, if only this was the Jake Allen we saw last year in the postseason because the Wild would have easily gotten to the second round. And they probably, maybe, probably would have lost to Nashville with the way the Predators were playing, but who knows. Uh, last year's wild season was a wonderful year. Obviously, this team has the skill to do something out there. We do. They have the skill to do something to make a playoff run, but then it's just it never happens. And guys are getting older, and, and the contracts aren't going down, and you extend Miko Koivu for two years, which I don't know what the point, you know. God bless Miko Koivu. I'm sure a lot of you listening love him, love him. And he's brought 
and that backhand is beautiful, and he scored a beauty uh, against Arizona. It was actually very good. Actually, it was a good, this was in the St. Louis game, if I remember correctly. Um, yep, the seventh goal of the year on the power play. That was a beauty. Koegu uh, backhand, that was a beautiful goal. And he's got the ability to score here and there, but not that much. Uh, his defense, obviously, is what it is. He's very solid. But I'd like to make a proposal, a proposal, obviously, out there. Instead of moving Eulerich and Eck down to the fourth line, and I know, you just wish... It's like one of those things where it's like an unwritten rule. You can't do this to Miko Koivu. It would be the most criminal thing. People would kill. People would go ape leap. <clears throat> but imagine moving Koivu down to the third line and Yul Eriksson centering <laughs> Jason Zucker and Mikhail Granlin. Liar. You liar, you liar! Is that too crazy? Is that too, like, is that too off the wall? Is that too much rocking the boat? Moving Quavo and then Colin back down to the, the the fourth line. Colin actually had a really nice week as well. Really liked that goal against Arizona. It just sucks that the Wild couldn't finish the job against that team. But still, nice to see Colin score that goal. Um, would it be a crime to even experiment with it a, a, a game or two? Would Quavo be offended that much? I mean, you'd be playing with, like, Coil, possibly. Yeah, you'd be playing with Coil and maybe, uh, yeah, Coil and Parisi. Is that really going to kill Quavo? Coil and Parisi was the top line before, so that's a pretty nice third line. Why not Yule Eriksson Ek with <laughs> let's see what he can do with uh, Granlin and Zucker. I bet you anything he starts scoring goals with those nice passes and of course picks up the assist in a huge way with Zucker with that uh, amazing speed but Zucker and, and Granlin obviously very capable of those saucer passes, just beauties. Granlin had a spectacular one in the Arizona game. Unfortunately, did not finish because it was a failed redirect by Zucker. It happens, you know, you're not going to score every time, but Granlin and Zucker, imagine him with Euler's and Eck. Just imagine, is that such a crime to consider? Is it? I want to see it happen just once. I think uh, Pavel Bunyat, if you're listening out of uh, Czech Republic, that sounds like a good idea, doesn't it, Pavel? You want him to get in scoring, you want him to get more scoring opportunities rather than just have to be the number one defensive player on the team, which a lot of us assume would be Koivu if, if he's on the higher line and all that. But Koivu could resume that defensive role on the third line, checking line, yet you're still playing with scorers, potential scorers. Koyo looked great against Chicago, by the way, just awesome. He finally is rewarded for his hard work and are greatly appreciated. But Koivu with Parisi and Koyo, I I can't imagine that offending anybody, can it? And then you have Stahl with Ennis and Anita Ryder. That's a nice job. And, of course, the fourth line with uh, Felino, Cullen, and Mr. Winnick, Daniel Winnick. That's a nice fourth line, obviously. Uh, Felino's been playing very well the last few weeks, especially with the possibility that he could, you know, be sent down. Uh, well, not sent down, but put in the press box. It's been a battle between him and uh, Chris Stewart. Of course, a lot of people have loved what Chris Stewart has brought to this team. Chris Stewart, I can imagine the frustration. Uh, he had a nice, he had that nice backhand play. Chris, great stick handling, which uh, helped the Wild win the game a week ago in the shootout. But uh, pretty much since then, you haven't seen a whole lot of Chris Stewart. You've seen a lot of uh, Marcus Salino, and he's done a great job out there. Uh, Ennis never gets scratched, and you know what? He still brings it out there. He's like a super poor, he's, he's like a very poor man's uh, Granlin, you could say, obviously, with a nice passing and such. And he's, he's got that quick little stick. It's brought the Wild uh, uh, something over the years, and of course the Buffalo Sabres more so in the past. Uh, Zucker ended up getting his 22nd goal of the year, by the way. It's a beautiful play by Granlin. Just, oh my God, how can you not love Granlin? He's, he's, you know, it's, it's Granlin and Spurgeon are my two favorite players in this game, without a doubt. Uh, again, Dumba, 10th goal of the season. Zucker and Koivu helping out with that one. Stall on the power play. Parisi, only his second assist of the year. Obviously, again, so hasn't had a whole lot of time out there. Uh, and again, the timing, not so great. But the Wild end up winning this one 6-2. to two. Very positive as we continue to move, as I continue to talk about situations. The 4-3 to three loss, extremely frustrating. Arizona has some nice players, but they just don't win games. Uh, Antti Ranta started the season awful, and that's one of the reasons why Arizona is such an awful record. And now Antti Ranta's improved dramatically since the first month or so. He was practically sent down. He was so awful. But then it got to a point, they don't really have anything else. Like Dominguez? Dominguez is no good. Uh, you know, I mean, and and what are you going to do? Pick up uh, Antti Niemi, who's done nothing the last five years or so? He's been on about every team in the league except the Wild, pretty much. Uh, 
Eric Stahl scoring very uh, scoring late in the first period. Pardon me, as Antti Ranta was outstanding throughout this entire game. By the way, uh, Matt Collin with that beautiful backhand, he was able to get free. Very fortunate there, a little puck luck, you could say. But again, uh, Matt Collin making the most of his opportunity. A beautiful goal from a guy that's been in this league for a long time and is ever capable of finishing on that play, and he did. And it's nice to see a 41-year-old able to finish to the level he is. He's now, again, the oldest player in the league with Yarmer Yager getting uh, sent away from Calgary and back into Europe. Uh, the Goose, Gustav Olsen, fourth uh, assist of the season. Now again, Gustav Olsen has been up with Matt Dumba, of course, with uh, Brodeen being out. Gustav Olsen was the one that went into the top four, and then Riley and Prosser have been playing together. Riley with a beautiful goal, just getting it just past Ranta, basically threading the needle past Ranta. Absolutely loved it. Again, loved the uh, backhand by Colin. Things felt so good when Riley scored that. Again, Colin, two points in the game. Good for him. Eighth assist of the year, Parisi getting his third assist of the year on the Riley goal. Just barely squeezing it past Antiranta. And then it's like, here we go. Uh, we keep talking about Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. Are we going to have to give him $30 million a year if we want to get him here? Is he that franchise quarterback that could save the Vikings? And then you have Nick Cousins. And imagine if the Wild signed Cousins, and it's like Minnesota signs Cousins, and you know, if the Minnesota Wild ever acquired Nick Cousins, there's Cousins, and then, oh, no. But then again, I think the seasons are too far apart for anything crazy like that to ever happen. Because NFL free agency is like, just about now here, coming up in the next uh, few weeks here, early March, March 1st, uh, NHL free agency is the 1st of July. I think Kirk Cousins will know what team he's playing for next year by July 1st, so maybe that conversation is kind of silly, so I apologize. Uh, Derek Stepan, Alex Goligoski, all being factors in this game, obviously. Nick Cousins, a couple goals in the game. Clayton Keller, the future star of the Arizona Coyotes, and, of course, uh, Derek Stepan. Incredible value, brings that value. Smart player, solid player for the Arizona Coyotes, centering the top line there. Clayton Keller's got a beautiful future, 15th goal of the season. He was able to rifle that sucker past Dubnik in overtime due to our incredible frustration. Uh, Kevin Connaughton, that was a frustrating one. But then again, it was kind of, again, one of those what-can-you-do type of goals. Um, yeah, oh, it, it, most of these shots were fairly far away, to be quite honest. And Dubnik just not quite ready for them. Uh, as great as Dubnik was this week, this wasn't his best game. But generally speaking, the defense in front of him wasn't that good. These players had too much space. The shots weren't blocked that were blocked in the St. Louis game and the blocked in the Chicago game. Um, does uh, Dubnik, again, I mean, he can only do so much. you got to have some help in front of you. And it seemed like the Wild got too comfortable, even though there were some really nice scoring chances in this Arizona game. After the 3 nothing lead, the Wild didn't finish in any of them, bottom line. And then Arizona just that didn't quit. They kept coming, and the Wild weren't, weren't prepared for it for whatever reason, especially that last goal, Clayton Keller. Um, actually, no, it was the Cousins goal, the one that frustrates me a bit. Just seconds remaining in the game. I mean, it was 19 seconds left. Uh, Clayton, uh, excuse me, I keep getting them mixed up. Uh, Nick Cousins just... Just fading a little bit off of Dubnik and nobody there. Uh, Olofsson, you know, you want to say it's Olofsson because it's the left side, but Olofsson was busy. He was busy. He was, he, was, he, was on a, he was on another man. And then Cousins just left wide open for the quick little one-timer. Nobody there. And Dubnik was obviously on the other side of the crease because the puck was there for that split second. Dubnik couldn't get over fast enough. And then... There it is. 19 seconds remaining. The Wild should have just wrapped this thing up, clear the puck out. You're hoping the possibility existed there, or maybe even a breakaway and wrap the thing up with a little empty netter. But no, of course not. And Clayton Keller again wins it after the Wild. Again, this also figures the Wild had so many chances. The first, like, half of the overtime period. And then it got kind of like, okay, it was kind of neutral, this and that. But the Wild generally dominated the overtime period because it's like, okay, we got to finish this. Oh, we screwed around too much. And then Clayton Keller, boom, just finishes it. After Arizona kind of settles down, sets the play up, and Keller is able to finish his 15th goal of the season. Extreme frustration. And games like this, again, are why you just sit down and think, when, you know, do we start trading people? Do we start trading? You're obviously going to have a hell of a time trading Parisi because of the contract. Suter, maybe, is tradable. <laughs> it would be amazing to get rid of that contract. As much as I'm sure some of you like Suter, that contract, him and his contract, he's not a superstar player because he continues to drop off. His play drops off when he's not with Jared Spurgeon. 
superstar players stay good. You know, I, I understand if maybe if he's with Mike Riley, that might be a massive drop-off, but it seemed like he dropped off dramatically when he was with Dumba. But then Dumba played better, so that was nice. But then Suter had to sacrifice a lot. And you're thinking that Suter would still be the same player, but he's not. And it's frustrating. To me, I don't think he's worth a $13 million year contract. I've not been a big fan of uh, Ryan Suter since the first year he got here. I mean, the first year he was here, I loved him. He was far and away the MVP of the team. But really, since then, it's been a declining fan-player relationship with myself and uh, Ryan Suter. Uh, Charlie Coyle, obviously, works his ass off. Great wall player, this and that. So many scoring chances, and he's rewarded greatly. He missed a hat-trick by an inch in this game. As he got his second goal very early in the second period, you thought, this guy's going to get a hat-trick. And then that wasn't meant to be. Uh, Miko Koivu again on the power play, also his eighth goal of the year. Both Coyle and Koivu came out of the game with eight goals on the season, both of them getting rewarded after getting stopped so many times and so many good opportunities. Nice to see Coyle get rewarded with a two-goal game and the Goose now with a career-high five assists on the season. Good for him. Dumba and Suter assisting on the Koivu play in the power play. Parisi with his fourth assist on the Coyle goal. Again, that is, again, the third line playing together. If Parisi can play on the third line, why can't Koivu? I mean, what's the problem? How many captains have, cap have centered the third line in the NHL? A lot. Captains aren't always the star player on the team. Sometimes they're the physical defensive guy, like, you know, the Doug Waits. Doug Waite wasn't, like, this super scorer, was he? I mean, he, he had some good years, but, uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, obviously he was a good player, but... He was he wasn't like this he wasn't like Connor McDavid he wasn't this big scorer so I mean you don't have to look at uh, Quavu that way he, you know Tarasenko isn't the captain of the St Louis Blues so look at it that way um, but a wonderful game by Dubnik he faced about a billion shots in the game I uh, see a guy named Jeff Glass in the net for the Chicago Blackhawks and all these other names now of course you see Patrick Kane Nick Schmaltz which you're getting to know this year. Schmaltz is out. Yep, uh, Patrick Kane had some shots on goal, but it's like you barely even noticed him. And then you get into other guys that Debrin Cat. Okay, he's got a future. And then Anthony Duclair, Vinny Henostraza, <laughs> Ryan Hartman also, who's dropped off the face of the earth. David Kampf, Tommy Wingles, Lance Boma. Really? Uh, Jordan Esterly, Connor Murphy, Carl Dahlstrom, and Eric Gustafson. Okay, now Eric Gustafson, okay, I've heard of him, but I've just heard of him. I mean, it's like you sit down and you look at this. Who the hell are these guys? This is weird. Um, the Blackhawks aren't even close to what they used to be. And in a lot of ways, they're done right now. Uh, they're 10 points behind the Wild, and they got to leapfrog four teams to even hope to get to the Wild Cards position. And I don't see it happening. Uh, they did put in a good effort, but they got shut down. They got frustrated. They put up 44 shots. Dubnik did a great job. Not all of them were great shots, but still... A shot on goal is a shot on goal, and stuff happens. And if the goalie's off, they're going to go in. And Jeff Glass was not very good. The Wilds' chances were good and everything, and they finished. But he didn't face that many shots in the game, only 19. And it was like five shots in the first period. That's like nothing from the Wild. The Blackhawks, the whole night, were going ape crap. It's kind of like Wild versus uh, Corey Crawford in, in reverse, where the Blackhawks would only get a couple shots on goal and kick our ass. 4 nothing, whatever, and Crawford had faced like 45, 48 shots and shut us out or give up maybe maybe one goal. It's kind of like it's switching a little bit, but unfortunately the circumstances for the Wild, not quite cup contending right now. <sighs> I wish. I wish so much the Wild were cup contenders. The Blackhawks are starting to look to me like the Detroit Red Wings when things started to drop off and they finally missed the playoffs for the first time in forever. When, okay, you have some familiar names, and then all of a sudden... You have a lot of guys you just, you know, you've maybe heard of in passing here and there. And that's it. Like, he's just one of those guys. He's not, the, it's, it's like, it's weird. And I know every good team has players you haven't heard of, but it's like half the team of the Blackhawks. I, I don't recognize these names anymore. You're seeing them out there skating. I don't recognize their face. And like, this is weird. So Blackhawks are definitely in transition. And that's what happens with the salary cap being what it is. It hasn't gone up. You have expensive players on the roster that deserve the money in terms of, uh, in terms of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, they brought three Stanley Cups to Chicago. Of course, Corey Crawford, part of that mix. Uh, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, also part of that, but they're also getting older. Um, you saw extreme frustration from Jonathan Taves as Wild basically just just covered him like a blanket, and he started losing it, getting really frustrated, the F-bombs flying, and a wonderful little finish for the Wild, 3 nothing game. 
So that's the state of the Chicago Blackhawks right now. It looks like their run is over. And nobody's crying about it. It's just weird at the same time. There's all these names you just don't really recognize. So that kind of is what it is. So let's take a quick break and come back and uh, get into segment number two. Preview only two games instead of three because the Blackhawks game is now done. And look at the prospects and then throw in the Neil retrospective from at least the 2011 uh, State of the Wild. As more will come in the coming weeks and months. You're on Brave the Wild. Time to preview two games, look into the prospects, and leave you with the Neil Thiessing retrospective. At least the uh, part one of it, we'll call it, from State of the Wild 2011. Man, that's that long ago already. Uh, Charlie Coyle uh, was was before Charlie the Charlie Coyle trade, the Brent Burns trade. Brent Burns was still on the roster. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's continue. Uh, New York Rangers, Tuesday the 13th. We have to wait a couple days for the next wild game. Tuesday the 13th. No national TV on this one or the Washington one on on uh, Thursday the 15th. Let's talk about the New York Rangers. Let's talk about Mark Zuccarello and the guy who's been there forever. That <laughs> Lundqvist, man, he's been there for ever and ever, and he's doing a he's doing you know he's still decent. He's got his two shutouts, save percentage. 918 goals against average 2.77. An ever mediocre New York Rangers team was only two games above 500. Home game for the Wild. Just win the damn game, okay? Just like Adrian. Let's let's win the game, okay? Yo, Adrian. Uh, okay, again, February the 13th. And then you wrap up the season series only 10 days later. So a quick little boom, boom with the Rangers in, the, in a 10-day period here. We head to New York City to play the Rangers in Madison Square Garden and all that. Michael Grabner with 22 goals on the season. And again, Matt Zuccarello. I don't know why I called him Mark. It just came out wrong. But yeah, Matt Zuccarello, 39 points on the season. Again, centering that top line, 31 assists on the season. JT Miller, second on the team with 37 points. Pavel Buknovich with 32 points. Uh, Rick Nash talking about trading him away and hasn't happened yet, but the trade deadline's coming up. Well, the wild trade for a defenseman as we made a very exciting trade this past week. Okay, no, we'll talk about that in the prospect segment here in just a second. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk doing what he does there, former St. Louis Blue and former uh, uh, very short time with the Washington Capitals. Uh, Ryan McDonough, Ryan McDonough, uh, obviously some familiar names, even Pavlich, who used to be on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he's the backup goalie for New York. He's not doing so hot. This is a game you got to win. Uh, it reeks of trap game. That's what's annoying. And, of course, Washington is an ever-dangerous team as uh, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Alex Ovechkin is back to his scoring weights in a huge way this season. He's he's back. He's back. Like last year, he struggled for a while, and then he uh, picked it up in a big way with that hat trick. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This has got to be a winnable game for the Wild. Uh, no excuses here. The Rangers have lost four out of their last five. They finally beat somebody. They beat the Calgary Flames, who were on a great run for a little while, and now they're below the Wild as they've been losing like crazy again. Four to three loss for the Flames in New York. Had to be very frustrating. Regulation loss for them. The Rangers will be visiting Winnipeg before coming to Minnesota. So not too much travel, I suppose, uh, be from Winnipeg to Minnesota. Not too bad. A little bit. Um... It's this is a absolutely you got to win this game and I'm not calling it a must win it's a you need to win this game uh, the Rangers stopped scoring literally stopped scoring Toronto they lost four nothing two against Nashville one against Dallas one against Boston and then four against Calgary who's ever struggling I expect Devin Dubnik in net and I expect him to continue what he's been doing in a strong way you know what I didn't even pass out the awards because I'm so distracted with everything going on in my life or with uh, Neil and all that and and the and the game and my kind of changing the show a little bit I've wanted to kind of been kind of transitioning into that a bit. Uh, the Definitely the Mike Madonna Award for the previous segment is Devin Dubnik. Uh, even though he struggled a little bit in Arizona, I can't fault him too much when guys were falling asleep and it seemed like they didn't have their legs conveniently against Arizona. Very convenient. Mike Madonna Award to Devin Dubnik, who was outstanding throughout the week. And the James Shepard Memorial, you know, just in general, the way the team played in those... Uh, in the later, sta the later stages of Arizona. I mean, 
obviously extremely frustrating uh, Dallas Stars game. It's like nobody showed up. It's like I don't even want to focus on an individual player, even though Mike Riley looks kind of like he's struggling a little bit, yet he had that beautiful goal against Arizona. Riley looks good, and then he looks like he can't skate the next couple minutes, and his stick handling is questionable as well. Uh, he's been falling a lot out there, his Mike Riley. So I don't know, like a, maybe a soft version of a uh, James Tripper Memorial for Riley, even though he had an okay week there with that nice little goal. But generally speaking, I don't think he looks that good. So a winnable game for New York uh, for the Wild against the New York Rangers. I'm picking a four to two victory for the Wild. I think there's no excuses in this one. This has got you know you got to take care of business in, with games like this if you're serious about anything. And if you continue to lose games like this, I'm begging Chuck Fletcher to blow the to start blowing things up a little bit. I mean, you don't have to maybe necessarily be a complete fire sale. But even the Rangers have been doing that. The Rangers have been trading guys away. They're looking to move on. They know they're in the same position that the Wild potentially are in. Uh, the Wild are a little bit better off, a little bit, but still, it's the Rangers are being smart. They're starting to move players. It's time to get, it's time to move up in the draft and such. Obviously, you know, worst season you're higher in the draft, and of course, trading players away to get draft picks. And I think the Wild need to start looking that direction if this continues to go the way it is. Particularly if you're say if we drop below Calgary. Let's go. Let's go. Let's stop. Let's stop screwing around here. Let's start moving people or possibly moving the general manager and the offseason, which I think is a very strong possibility. Uh, you're making moves for guys like Ryan White, bringing him in for a tryout with Iowa. What the hell is the point of that? What's the point? He sucked with the wild. Why do you want him in, in, in Iowa? Stupid. 4-2 win for Minnesota. Most likely guy to score against the New York Rangers will be Eric Stahl. I'm just going to keep going with him in a lot of these. I think Eric Stahl will score against the uh, New York Rangers, and I think he'd want to with the way things went with that club uh, two years ago. So now we move on to the Washington Capitals, one of the best teams the last several years. Of course, their first place in the Metropolitan Division, which is not nearly as deadly as it has been in the past, but here come the freaking Penguins again. Here they come. Remember when they remember when they were in the wild card position? Well, they're second in the division now. Again, like I just said, the division not as good as it has been, but still second place to second place, and they own the Washington Capitals. They own the Washington Capitals. Whenever they play in the playoffs, the, the Penguins win, period. There's no conversation there. Uh, Braden Holtby, what the hell's going on here? 2.74, that guy's more of a 2.2 guy. Save percentage is usually close to 93. It's barely 91 here. Yeesh, only one shutout on the year, uh, Braden Holtby. They're still winning their division, but what is a division championship to a team that's got to be a little hungrier than a division championship? A team that's had great records and never gets anywhere. Can't even get to the East Finals, for cripes sake. And I said cripes with a P there, not with an S. So, uh, TJ Oshie, all these names, Nicholas Backstrom, everybody's down except Alex Ovechkin. So, I guess maybe Alex Ovechkin needs to be back to deferring like he was before. John Carlson, great defenseman, obviously, at least in the power play department. 33 assists, 9 goals, 42 points. He's doing a little Brent Burns job there in a lot of ways. Uh, he's doing a great job offensively at a bare minimum for the Washington Capitals. He's been a positive, and of course, as Alex Ovechkin with 58 points, 32 goals on the season. Ovechkin on pace for mid to upper 80s points and 50 goals or so. So that's great, but the Washington Capitals' inconsistency and failure after failure in the postseason, year in and year out, has uh, plagued this team for over a decade. Um, this matchup has not been kind to the Wild over the years. It has not been kind to the Wild. This would be a nice little win for Minnesota, obviously, a nice emotional win, just like the Wild when we beat the Blackhawks and we beat up on St. Louis, stuff like that. Uh, the New York game, to me, it was a you-have-to-beat-them Washington, for some reason, like how the Penguins own Washington, the Washington Capitals own the Minnesota Wild. Uh, three to one victory on November the 18th, earlier for the Washington Capitals, and Ovechkin always finds a way to get something in the net. Don't be surprised to see multiple goals by Ovechkin in the game. Stalock was very good in that game, if I remember correctly. I remember Stalock was in net that, that uh, during that period of time. I believe that was during the time when Dubnik was having a kid there, or at least his wife was. <laughs> <laughs> we wrap up the season series. I would not be surprised to see the Capitals sweep the Wild. And right now, even though the Wild have been playing well at home, this and that, I'm I'm going with Washington right now just because the matchup never seems to work out. Even though the Capitals have been 
dropped out, dropping off in a big way. They haven't been that great. Uh, they've won three out of their last five. Okay, they beat the Penguins. Or no, they lost to the Penguins again, 7-4. to four. Shocker. They beat Philly. They lose to the Vegas Knights. There you go. Columbus. They sweep Columbus in a home-and-home home on Feb 6th and Feb 9th. 3-2 to two and 4-2, to two respectively, in the Metropolitan Division rivalry there. Capitals have been owning Columbus, but Pittsburgh still owns the Capitals, and they're still climbing up there to get them. They're the Blackhawks of the Eastern Conference until, you know, until otherwise... Until said otherwise. Um, right now I'm going to pick Washington to win the game 3-2. to two. Hopefully the Wild can squeak out a point, something like that. Uh, you know, you, you want to pick a win, but I, I just don't like this matchup. It never seems to work out. I'm going to pick the Capitals to win the game and the Wild hope to squeak out a point. Maybe get into, force this into overtime and somebody like a Ovechkin or TJ Oshie wraps it up. Uh, in overtime. But uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning at this stage. Most likely got to score against the Washington Capitals. Let's go with Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon will score against the Washington Capitals, but the Wild will not win the game. Hopefully, again, we'll squeak out a point. So now let's get into the prospect world, baby. Time to jump on board that in a big way. Been another positive week for Sam Anats and, and the likes of Iowa. Positive for the most part. Sam Anats had a two-goal game just a couple nights ago, I believe, yeah, Friday night. And then last night, added an assist. He's at 40 points on the season, 18 goals, which leads the team. He's tied with Cal O'Reilly for 40 points to lead the entire Iowa Wild. Justin Kloos added a goal last night also, 36 points on the season. Good for him. Kyle Rowe had a couple goals the other night. 28 points for Kyle Rowe. He's been stolen. Uh, Christoph Bertschke and Mario Lucia on their way out, on their way out from the Wild. Heading to the New Jersey farm system for Victor Love. Victor Love, also from the, uh, and apparently he, uh, <sighs> it's going to be interesting here. Uh, Victor Love actually was on the wild yesterday, scratched, a healthy scratch, so he's kind of there ultimately. Uh, Victor Love heading to Minnesota from the New Jersey uh, farm system. Christoph Bursky, former sixth round pick, and Mario Lucia. I always talk about Mario Lucia. The Wild traded up for him in the 2011 draft, and he just never seemed to come around. Started very positively with the <clears throat> Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who is now the number one team in the country. A great sweep this weekend by the Minnesota Gophers in Wisconsin. Just crushed the Badgers on the road. I mean, it wasn't these 2-1 to one games that we've been seeing. The Gophers finally started scoring goals like they're supposed to. they got all this elite scoring talent. And they just tore up that Wisconsin Badgers team. Easily the best series of the season for the Minnesota Gophers. So, good for them. Awesome. But, uh, again, Lucia. Again, Mario Lucia. Don Lucia. Duh. Obviously, one of the sons of Don Lucia. Uh, you've seen Tony Lucia with the Gophers. Mario, again, also going to his dad's alma mater. Notre Dame fighting Irish. He started so strong there. And just, it was like a slow drop-off every year. Comes to the Iowa Wild. Starts strong for the first couple games. Gets hurt. Up and down, bah, 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 bah. very little promise, in and out. Always like third line at best with the uh, Iowa Wild. Never showing any true potential like you thought you were going to see. And off he goes to the New Jersey farm system, uh, and that's unfortunate. Victor Love was uh, also a fairly high pick. Oh, actually, no, he wasn't. I'm thinking about somebody else. Victor Love was a seventh-round pick. I'm thinking about Ryan Murphy. God, Joey, a Swedish native out of Sauter. Tajli, I can't say it. Just out of Sweden, right? Out of Sweden. <laughs> Six foot one, two twelve left shot defenseman. Another left shot defenseman. Damn it, look at you. So much for Susie and Sealer, you haters. Look at you. Uh, born in 92, so around Charlie Coyle's age. 25 already. Uh, has seen uh, very limited action in the National Hockey League. Only four games. And he's 25 already, so I, I, I don't know. It's not the best acquisition ever, but I suppose... It is what it is. I mean, you you see Brodeen get hurt. He's kind of an insurance guy. He's got talent. He's been good in the minor leagues in his career and such, but only two points, both assists for the Toronto Maple Leafs so far as he was originally drafted by the Maple Leafs in the seventh round in 2012. 209th overall, Victor Love. L And it's, and it's pronounced Love, but it's L-O-O-V. He would be number 28 with the Minnesota Wild. Left shot defenseman to Minnesota. Out of uh, and he, he's been fairly productive, more of a physical type of guy throughout his career with the <clears throat> with the well, with the minor league systems of Toronto and New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much been the case there, if you want to be uh, brutally honest. 
as way back when he first started with the AHL, a lot like Mario Lachia started strong in 14-15 with the Toronto Marlies of the AHL. 21 points that year, 6 goals, 17 points most recently with the Birmingham, uh, uh, Binghamton uh, Devils. That's, again, the minor league system for the New Jersey Devils. He actually was on pace for a career year in the AHL, but so far has not really shown NHL ability Unfortunately. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I mean, Christoph Versi's played like a game or two for the Wild, Minnesota Wild, that is. And Mario Lachia has never seen the light of day in the NHL. So, frustrating there. Uh, Brendan Mendel added another assist. He's now at 20 points on the season this past week. Uh, added one more assist. Uh, Susie Sealer. Susie's still at nine points, plus 14, which is tops on the team. He's been an outstanding defenseman at the AHL level. Really impressed with what Carson Susie has brought. Um, and, of course, Steeler actually has more points, but his plus-minus is minus three. Susie looks to have the better future between the two. Nice to see Steeler adding a teeny bit of scoring punch, though. He now has two goals and ten assists, so he's been a factor out there. Been playing a little bit on special teams, and, again, 12 points on the season for uh, Nick Steeler in the 49 games he's been out there. Ryan Murphy's at 19. Mendel's actually ahead of Murphy, but, again, uh, you know, he's got... Uh, Murphy's got nine games in hand and versus... Uh, Mental because Murphy was on Minnesota, and good for him. So that's your look at the AHL at the moment. Ivan Lodny has been extremely quiet the past week, did not add another point, so we'll kind of leave that as is. Minnesota to Duluth did not play Nick Sweeney, so you can't really say much about Nick Sweeney at this moment. Jacob Golden, <laughs> remember he scored his first goal last week for the, the OHL's London Knights. His first goal in the OHL. He had a two-point game most recently. He's now at nine points on the season, so nice to see Jacob Golden, the guy we always talk about. He's got that, that stay-at-home defense and that never scores, this and that. He's now got nine points on the season, multi-point game, another goal and an assist. Two goals now for Jacob Golden. How about that guy? Good for him. I'm very happy for what he's done. Oh, no, it was two assists. My apologies. So one goal, eight assists. On the season, must have changed something there. Dmitry Sokolov had a quiet game this week, and then he followed it with a hat trick with, this, with the uh, Barry Colts. How about that? Followed it up with a hat trick after getting nothing the previous game. Uh, Sokolov now with 25 points in the 14 games he's been with Sud uh, Sudbury. Pardon me, with the uh, Barry Colts, formerly with Sudbury. He's now at 63 points in. 49 games. He is dominating at the OHL level. Get him to the AHL. Let's go. Let's go. Remember, he scored a goal in his first game. Uh, Jack Sadek added his added another point last night, so he'd been quiet. But now eight points on the season. He's two. He's got two games in hand between uh, this year and last year. So remember, Sadek missed a few games last year. Well, Sadek catch last uh, catch the 11 point mark that he had last season. We'll see, Jack Sadek. Definitely we'll see him on the Iowa Wild at some point. Anything beyond that? Hopefully. Uh, Chase Lang up and down, this and that. Pavel Jennings, they've moved up pretty much to the AHL level. They've been kind of switching off Pavel Jennings, Jennings and Chase Lang. They've pretty much been uh, the old scratch a Rooney type of deal with uh, Olofsson and Riley. If one's playing, the other one isn't with the AHL roster. Because, again, with Mario Lachie and Christoph Berchie gone, these guys now have a chance to play at the AHL level. So that's kind of how things are going. Luis Belpedio, also a quiet week with the Miami, uh, with Miami of Ohio. They got shut out the, on Saturday night. And Belpedio and the uh, Red Knights only scored two goals in the previous game. And Belpedio did not factor in either one of those. So quiet week for Belpedio. Unfortunately, they did not have a good weekend. <laughs> it just kind of is what it is there. So that's pretty much what we're going to look at with the uh, prospects. For this week. So now I'm going to kind of look to do the show wrap up and then give you the send off to Neil and more to come in the future, of course. Uh, so I want to uh, encourage you to join the, uh, to follow the Twitter account at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. I want to thank Hockey Podcast and Vince Germano. Uh, Hockey Podcast mentions the show, uh, kind of like with the iTunes uh, and overall iTunes a share. So thank you very much, Hockey Podcast. And Vince Gerbano retweets the show out of Australia. Thank you very much. God bless you. And we'll get to the Facebook page, too, because people have something to say to Neil Thiesing also, as there was a little send-off on there to Neil. Um, you know, oh, still, it's still killing me, man. It is. And it's, I'm not going to feel better for a long time, man. And, you know, you, 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 the absence is always there. You know, you can never replace somebody like him. Never. Um with the Twitter account. Thank you, guys. Please follow that and uh, retweet it. Thank you again for that. Vince Germano and then Hockey Podcast for mentioning the show. 
So I'm going to give a quick shout out to MNW players, MNW players, wonderful Facebook page out there, Pavel Burnett, Merrick Skybaugh, run the page. They've been quiet th- this year because uh, uh, Pavel Burnett's been very busy with his uh, new job, very excited with it, but he will start things up again next year. Uh, Pavel, Pavel Burnett uh, posts a lot of stuff on uh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore. That's another page I endorse. It's a wonderful page. Unfortunately, uh, I can't, tw- I, can't uh, I don't think they want me to... Uh, quote-unquote spam my show on their page i i did one time and they deleted it so i don't know it's just one of their rules so but mnw players allows me to post on there and i am a proud admin of that page they cover everything with minnesota wild from the bottom of the uh the bottom of the ohl echl whatever whatever prospects in the system out uh, overseas as well up to eric stahl zach greasy ryan Suter. so you get the idea they cover everything minnesota wild related now we get to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Uh, I'll probably do the phone line right now first because I want to talk about Neil here in a second. Uh, the phone line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to brave the wild and give your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. Uh, there it is. There's a call now button on the Facebook page. Use that, click on that, it'll go through just like Facebook Messenger when you talk to people overseas or anywhere, really. And It could be somebody local, too. Just use that as long as you have data or Wi-Fi. You can get through. It won't cost you a cent. It goes to the same phone line. It's a three-minute limit on that because it's an actual voicemail. Then there's the audio submission route, which you simply use the recording uh, application on any smart device out there on the planet. Treat it just like a phone call. Keep it to about five minutes and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Like, save it and email the file. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description for copy and paste purposes or whatever it is. So, let's roll. Um, let's talk about Neil a bit. As I posted, well, I posted, I was saying, our occasional co-host and great friend of your host, Neil Natok Thiesing passed away Wednesday night due to complications after cardiac arrest on the previous Friday night. The rest of the season and every show of Brave the Wild will be dedicated to this young man who left us well too early. Ah, way too early. Um, I am dedicating this podcast to Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. Not just this episode, but the podcast from here on. Neil Nate Dog Thiesing will always be a part of this podcast. Always. Um, I will always leave his, I, I, I will leave his name on the iTunes to, uh, the, the iTunes information where it shows the host of the show, Joey Wygen and Neil Nate Doug Thiesing, will forever be there. I'm never going to take him out of there. He's a part of this show forever, and God bless him. Uh, just an amazing guy. Do check out State of the Wild 2011. Uh, State of the Wild 2009 was Neil's debut in the podcasting. The audio, not the best on that one because I didn't split the audio. So you'll hear me in the right side and Neil in the left or vice versa. I didn't split the audio. That was just a, a lesson learned the hard way because it was the very first ever uh, simulcast that I ever did. Well, not simulcast, but when you have somebody call in rather than in studio, it was the very first uh, time I ever had done that. And I just didn't know that I needed to split the audio. You turn it into mono, you split it, and then they're both there. You split the audio, and now we're both at the same time in both speakers. And that's where I screwed up. Uh, other shows do that, too, in their early stages, because they just don't know little things like that that make a big damn difference. So let's see what the comments say in that little section. Uh, Vince Germano, out of Australia, and an avid listener of Trimble's Explosion, and a co-host of the Courtside Podcast, beautiful basketball show that I recommend, Hardcore. Uh, great friend also is Vince Germano. Wonderful. Uh, I wish I knew him in person, and one day I will... Uh, he says, R.I.P. Neil, rest easy, brother. Teresa Slater, also out of Australia. So, yep, Australians posting on hockey. It's pretty cool. Uh, Teresa Slater says, didn't know didn't know you, Neil, but you were taken way too soon. R.I.P. Condolences to the family. And, yes, thank you very much, Teresa. Very heartfelt. She must be a listener to the show, I suppose. So, interesting. Um, I thank you both for being a part of the show and for caring about Neil there. It's greatly appreciated. Um, again, huge shout out to all of you out there in the Thiesing family and the extended family, like close friends and all that. Thank you guys uh, so much uh, for, thank you so much for making <laughs> making this a part of your day. And it, it is my incredible pleasure to bring you Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. Uh, you can hear his personality, his his friendliness, his <laughs> his silliness too. You know, he can be silly, have some fun, and that's what it's all about. Uh, State of the Wild twenty. 
2011. He was on other shows, the Lot Dress show. He's on several shows. You'll just when you see it in the show description, see his name will be in every host. He, he'll it'll show like he's hosting every show, but it's the, the description. If you're looking specifically, it'll say Neil Nate Dog Thiesing joins. That's what you want to look for if you're looking for Neil on this show. Uh, those of you out there that specifically want to hear Neil again. Um, because he's gone too damn soon, that's all. You know, it drives me crazy that it, that it happened like that. Uh, 2009, 2011. He wasn't on 10. That was not a very, that was not one of my brighter shows, I'll, I'll admit. Got a little complaint on iTunes about that one. I, I apologize. Yeah, that was, but luckily that was almost eight years ago, so... 2009 was so good. Just a damn audio. Uh, 2011, 2012 he was on. He, he had just kind of come back. He wasn't feeling so good, unfortunately. Uh, July 4th, Fireworks was another one, of course. Um, 2013 he was on. I think he was even on 2014. And then it was kind of off and on. He was on a little bit. There were times he wasn't following the Wild as closely, so it was kind of harder to have him on. That was a big part of it. Because it's tough to do a show when you're not, you know, maybe he was too busy with this or that or he hadn't been feeling good or something. So it was hard to have him on on occasion because of that. Uh, it's tough when a guy's not following the team to have him on the show. So that's kind of what was going on. It was nothing personal at all. Obviously, like he like he basically was like, yeah, I haven't really been keeping up. So that's what it is. It's just honest truth. So And I appreciate the honesty from him in those cases. But uh, having him on was just a joy. And... And then he kind of did the studio guest kind of thing, too, where he's off in the background, too, where it's like maybe he wasn't keeping up with the team as much, but he was still a part of the show. And that was so awesome. And then when he was keeping up with the team, he was back. He was awesome, even after he got sick in 2012, when things kind of changed a little bit in his life, unfortunately. Um, so that's where you notice a little change from 2011. You know, after the uh, worst team in the NHL episode, right after that, something happened. Something happened in the next month or so where he got a little sick, and that was kind of a downturn, which ultimately led to where where things took place the last couple of weeks here. Um, it's just a bummer, heartbreaking story. So now let's uh, bring Neil Nate Doug Thiesing's retrospective to the air. Today is June 17th, Friday, June 17th, 2011. It is episode number 47 of Brave the Wild. Here today, Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. And we have Neil Nate Dog Thiesing in studio for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil Nate Dog Thiesing is in the house. It is time for State of the Wild 2011. So this is our third year of doing State of the Wild, and we hope this is the best. Yes, we do. Yes, sir. Neil is in the house. Yep, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Bring it on. Bring it on. We're going to talk about, well, here's the reason partially for the immense delay for Brave the Wild. Well, the Minnesota Wild fired coach Todd Richards back in April, like the day after the Wild defeated the Dallas Stars in their, uh, well, their season finale. They fired Todd Richards, much to some people's surprise and not really a big surprise to me in a major way. How about you? Uh, About time, Joe. About time? No. You didn't, get, you didn't really like him, did you? Get his candy ass out of here. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you didn't like him, huh? Uh, no, I didn't. He was all right. He was all right. Yep. Yeah. He was a... Speaking of teams uh, getting it done, well, the Vancouver Canucks all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Choke. And they did not win, did they? Choke. They choked. They, <laughs> they lost Game Seven at home, and uh, I don't think there's a soul listening to the show right now that's disappointed with that. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Vancouver Canucks lose the Stanley Cup Finals, four to nothing at home. It was. Uh, it really looked like Vancouver was going to win this because Boston could not score uh, for anything. The power play was actually historic. Well, actually, the worst in playoff history. How weird is that? Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> That's weird. The worst in playoff history, yet they win the cup. How about that? Yeah, was it thirty nine years? Yeah, yeah, to the uh, nineteen seventy two. Yeah, that's thirty nine years. All right. Yeah, that's a long time, Bobby Orr. Mm-hmm. Who? It's like who's that? No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could be our grandfather, pretty much. Say what? <laughs> no, he could pretty much be our grandfather. No, not our grandfather. Maybe our dad or something, but or uh, old uncle or something. Um, it's. So I thought Boston was dead at that point. Yeah. It looked like it, didn't it? Yeah, the 
they had the momentum and then uh, I figured though it was gonna be close either way. I knew it was gonna get to the game seven. It's just guarantee. Yeah. Hockey is one of those sports that always does that. Um, mm-hmm. Very close games, and it's not like the NBA when the Heat, you know, lost to Dallas. Oof! Yeah, that was something else. Because both teams in in the NHL are like. You know, good to get to the Stanley Cup. They have to be really good and really lucky, but mm-hmm. really lucky too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like they're they're good. both brutally like really physical teams. Mm-hmm. 